Hello everyone, it's Dr. Sam. I'd like to welcome you to my iClarity podcast. This is a show that offers cutting edge information on how to improve your vision and overall wellness through holistic methods. I so appreciate you spending part of your day with me. If you have questions, you can send them to hello at drsamburn.com. Now to the latest iClarity episode. Hey, everybody, I wanted to introduce this podcast. It was a state of the union that I gave on how I see holistic eye care in 2023. I touch on a number of different subjects and uh, I wanted to share it with you. So I hope you enjoy the show. Take care. What I wanted to do is I wanted to start off and give kind of a state of the union of how I see holistic eye care in 2023. And I'm going to weave in everybody's sharing so that it's more appropriate for you individually than just kind of spewing off because I could go in a lot of directions. So in 2023, one of the things, one of the trends that I see in well, overall holistic health is that people are wanting to take more responsibility for their health and wellness, not just their eyes, but I think this was accelerated through the COVID period. But even before that, I think people were exploring, you know, things like herbs and aromatherapy and you know, just finding professionals who would listen to them and not just see them as a number. And, you know, one of my sayings is uh, whenever I evaluate a person, I don't just look at the numbers, but I look at the person behind the numbers. And I remember when I studied Chinese medicine and acupuncture, one of the things that really blew me away as I learned how to read pulses was that a lot of times on the surface, people would have certain symptoms, but if I treated the the cause, then the symptoms would go away. And I think all of the people in this class today are seeking that, or if they're, um, you know, if they haven't experienced it, they've experienced it with me uh, by finding me online. So one of the one of the things that I see changing is that people are going to be more, say, self-directed and in, empowered to work more in partnership with their doctor. And you know, over the past six months, patients have said to me they're really happy that I uh, create a an environment where I'm not just the authority and that I have, I'm the only one with the answers, but that we work together, even if it has to do with certain prescriptions that they're looking through, because uh, by doing that, it creates a more healing environment instead of, say, in some of the ophthalmology experiences that people have had, where the doctor says, well, if you don't have this procedure, you're gonna go blind 
or in children, if you don't get this really strong glasses prescription and wear it full time, you know, your child is gonna lose uh, his or her eyesight. So that's, that's one trend that I see going on. Another trend that I see going on is that people are starting to talk about mitochondria. This seems to be a buzz in, not only in eye care, although I don't know how many eye doctors are actually thinking about mitochondria, there's a few, but certainly in the functional medicine, functional nutrition world, mitochondria is a conversation. One of the reasons in eye care it's such an important conversation is because the retina has one of the highest um, numbers of mitochondria in the retina, specifically the cones. We have our rods and cones. The cones are the, uh, the area called the macula. And I'm getting more and more people, we have somebody here today with the right eye and the retinal detachment, that more and more research has come out. You know, I, this morning I was down at the beach and I shot a couple videos on some research that I found where red light, as an example, has actually reduced the degeneration in both the macula and retina areas. And not only, I've talked about Glenn Jeffries and his work at the University College of London, but there's also been um, some ophthalmology papers that have come out. One is uh, there was a study done by the Investigative Ophthalmology and Visual Science Journal, and they did a really cool study where they exposed people to blue light, and it's the artificial blue light that we get from our screens, and then they gave them red light therapy. And without a doubt, they saw that the mitochondria function, the retina function, their visual performance increased or improved or it neutralized the negative effects of what the artificial blue light uh, does to the retina, not only the retina, I think it also affects every part of the eye and even the brain and the body. So that was really cool to see. And there've been some other studies that I'm gonna be reporting on in social media over the next couple of weeks, which talk about the value of red light as a way to reduce inflammation, oxidative stress, uh, macular edema, uh, macular degeneration, and even people with retinal detachments. So I get a lot of emails from people and direct message on social media on, hey, I had this retinal detachment, I've got scar tissue, you know, the doctor says there's nothing you can do about it, and I've been giving them red light therapy. I also recommend a certain a digestive enzyme, a protease enzyme, one's called serapeptase, which actually helps um, reduce scar tissue in the eye. And then adding the MSM eye drops, which I'll talk about MSM and the castor oil eye drops. And by doing all of those things, you're hydrating, you're lubricating, you're, uh, cr you're creating more collagen. And then with the red light, you're uh, actually changing the mitochondria. And so the mechanism in the eye around mitochondria is that as we age, I would say after age 40, our mitochondria function definitely starts going down. 
And as a person's mitochondria goes down, their ATP goes down, that's the, the energy that's needed to get rid of you know, toxins and oxidative stress and so on. And so as the ATP goes down, there's another substance that goes up called reactive oxygen species, ROS. So as that ROS goes up and the ATP goes down, what happens is it just creates oxidative stress, uh, poor circulation, scarring, and this is you know, then leading us down the, uh, the path where eventually the, the eye doctor is gonna start picking up different eye conditions and pathologies and of course, the toolbox of regular eye doctors is pretty limited because it's pharmaceutical drugs and or surgery, which are pretty invasive. And not to say that sometimes you, you do need those, but if you can be more proactive or you can start doing these things to feed the eyes, then you're going to prevent or you know eliminate the inevitable, so they say, so the mitochondria uh, conversation is really uh, coming into play in 2023. And there's another ingredient I wanna bring in, which is something called nitric oxide. So this is my third trendsetter. Nitric oxide is an ingredient that's a vasodilator. And there have been some papers, especially in the glaucoma world, that nitric oxide can actually slow down the progression of glaucoma or other vascular diseases, even things like optic neuritis, papilledema, uh, the, these optic nerve issues that uh, are pretty unexplainable in regular eye care. It's just, you know, you've got this situation, there's not much we can do. Well, nitric oxide is one of those ingredients that I actually put into my uh, optic nerve formula as a glaucoma protocol, and that coupled with alpha-lipoic acid, ginkgo, biloba, uh, bilberry, taurine, and of course the, the good fats, those are things that kind of build the optic nerve and it protects it even if you have some challenges in vascular disease. And it just so happens the red light also contributes to the production of nitric oxide as well. So this idea of being able to increase the circulation in the eyes is really important. Okay, another trend that I see going on, and maybe it's because I'm getting enough following now, enough traction, that people are questioning their contact lens and glasses prescription especially if it's a really strong prescription and they don't want to wear it. And, you know, I can't tell you in the last couple of weeks, I received uh, very disturbing emails from parents where their children are wearing prescriptions like plus 10, mm. plus 12. Now this is extreme. And of course they're dilating, you know, the, and doing a psychoplegic exam but that's crazy to give a child plus 10 or plus 12. I mean, it just doesn't fit in what we're doing. And then on the other side of the spectrum, we have uh, adults who are dealing with the monovision condition, monovision situation, where one eye is corrected for distance and one eye is corrected for near, whether it's in LASIK surgery, cataract surgery, or generally speaking, even in a contact lens, 
this is very disruptive for your depth perception, your balance, your orientation. And so I've been really having to put out a lot of fires because people are not happy with what they're being uh, given. And the eye doctors are not necessarily open to the negotiation of saying, can you give me, you know, reduced prescription? And, you know, one of the funny things I, I say to people is you have one pair of shoes, you probably have more than one pair of shoes based on your condition. You're also going to need more, maybe the more than one set of lenses, contacts or glasses based on the circumstance or the experiencing experience that you're doing. So people are really getting tuned into that and they're really excited that they can actually start reducing their prescription and uh, moving more into a direction of uh, at least wearing something part-time that's not quite as strong for them. And so that's, that's another trend. And then I would say, last but not least, I think people are getting more and more conscious about the relationship between diet and their eyes. And I'm gonna take it a couple steps deeper because in studying functional medicine, one of the most powerful practices that helps everything, but really helps your eyes, is the intermittent, intermittent fasting program. And I suggest that if you don't know about intermittent fasting, it's something that you wanna start studying. Because in a lot of research out there, even this is people like with cancer, and chronic disease, chronic inflammation, pain, the intermittent fasting somewhere between 12 and 18 hours, doing that a few days a week, resets the body and is, it, it actually reverses the aging process in the cells. And um, this is very potent. And in terms of the eyes, there's actually, I'm gonna start posting a couple of studies that I have found on the relationship of intermittent fasting and improving your vision. And so if you're dealing with cataracts, for example, and this is another trend that I see in the biochemistry lab work, and we're gonna actually go into a, uh, a lab report today. One of our um, participants had some lab work done and I'm gonna go into it in great detail but the point of it is, is the glucose, glucose molecules, they attach themselves to the vitreous, which is causing floaters and eventually PVD, or the glucose molecules attaching itself to the lens, which is creating certain types of cataracts. We call this the glycation process. And because we're eating so many carbohydrates these days, this glucose insulin level in our body um, is wreaking havoc, you know, and so when we eat carbs, our body is going for the, for the energy through the glucose molecules, but when we go into intermittent fasting, it starts to go to the fat molecules, and so it's, it's a whole different uh, dynamic in terms of our oxidative stress, our inflammatory situation, and Certainly you wanna check in with your doctor before you do it if you've got, say, diabetes or hypertension or you're on medications. Definitely check in with your doctor. But one of the things I've noticed about intermittent fasting is it 
creates more resiliency in your, uh, in your health, in your neurological health, in your cognitive health, in your immune health, in your digestive health. So that it's, it's another tool that I feel will even grow as we move into 2023, especially if I keep talking about it. And there are a lot of great functional medicine doctors who I've studied with who talk about both the intermittent fasting and also the ketogenic diet. And the keto diet, if you've got a condition like diabetic retinopathy or some very intense retinopathy situation, um, I would certainly consider the possibility of moving more into a keto diet, but certainly work with a functional medicine doctor where you can get a baseline of certain, uh, you know, certain blood markers one of the ones I look at is homocysteine. So homocysteine is one of those markers when I see it high, a lot of times it's gonna show me down the road that there's gonna be an eye problem. So that that's a marker that's creating an inflammatory situation that we're picking up. And so, and there have been some papers written on the relationship between high elevated levels of homocysteine and eye problems, just as, as one, example. Now today we're going to actually do what we call a hair mineral analysis and everybody on this call if you do want to do a hair mineral analysis contact Monica appointments at drsamburn.com and we can certainly arrange a hair mineral analysis. I want to give you an example of uh, and Dr. Bailey will relate to this very well we had a mom who and her daughter, they live in Austin, Texas, and they did one year of vision therapy. And there was absolutely no change in the binocular vision. And that's kind of weird. I don't know, you know, exactly what's going on. But one of my mentors uh, taught me this when I was studying with him. And his name was Dr. Albert A. Sutton. I don't know if you heard of Dr. Sutton. And Dr. Sutton was a really great developmental optometrist. He practiced in Miami Beach, Florida. And one of the things that Dr. Sutton taught me was the value of, if you've got a difficult developmental case, that doing a biochemistry test to find out what's going on on a cellular level and giving more nutrients, and you did that first, then when you did the vision therapy, the, the child would be more available to make the changes they needed to make, you know, because if they have a developmental delay or they've got something going on, it takes a lot of energy to change. And if we're in a depleted state, if our adrenals are out of balance, if we're in a calcium shell where we push all our calcium away as a way to protect ourselves because we're overwhelmed, if we've got heavy metal toxicities, if we've been exposed to mold, if we're not metabolizing our protein, we're gonna get into this today, then the vision therapy is not gonna work as well. And we did, so one of the first things I did with this family is we did a hair mineral analysis with, on this 12 year old, and the, the imbalances were off the chart. They were off the charts in terms of, you know, the, the struggles she was having. And so as we repaired that, and then we did some very specific primitive reflexes, vestibular therapy, yoke prisms, and some other things 
Now there's improvement happening and it's happening pretty quickly because she's got the energy now to do it. And this is one of the key things that Dr. Sutton taught me around don't ignore the nutrition. Don't, don't ignore that. Ask about it. See what's going on. And if you can get a biochemistry test, do so. One of the places I work in Albuquerque is called Kid Power. And Kid Power is an institution that works with autistic kids. It's a really cool facility because it's like this big warehouse. Uh, it's kind of like this office, but it's about <laughs> four times as big and they have these huge ceilings. And it's uh, a group of OTs who are very progressive. I mean, they've studied primitive reflexes, they've studied so many different things. And so they brought me in in the vision therapy part because my job is to help connect the eyes to the brain and the body because these kids, their visual system is just not connected. And the, the level of eye care and ophthalmology there is all about giving strong glasses and forgetting about writing these kids off. But what, what I've instituted in there is biochemistry testing and you can do it a lot of different ways. You can do a urine tests, you can do hair analysis, you can do blood work, you can do muscle testing. I, I've taught them now they're doing muscle testing and we have a whole list of, of um, things that they test for. And I'll tell you, it's made a huge difference in the overall community of the kids and the parents. And these are kids that are in wheelchairs, Down syndrome, minimal brain dysfunction, severe autism. I mean, it's a wild time when I go there. I'm basically on the floor the whole time doing my exam, and it has nothing to do with reading the eye chart, but you know, it's more about I give them prisms and walk on a, on a two by four and ask them to, to I watch their posture and we, we diagnose based on what we see uh, based on their, their posture and their movement and those kinds of things. So vision is a whole body experience. It's not just in the eyeball. And you're, you know that, that's why you're with me. All right, the last thing I'm gonna say, and then we're gonna, we're gonna move more into kind of specifics where I'm gonna work with people here. And that is that if you are in a vision improvement process, and we have two people in Zoom who are in that, blurred vision is a big issue for them, and they can't really find a prescription that corrects them completely to 2020 and I've recommended some prescriptions for them that are reduced and they're still not happy it's still blurry so this is something I say this on social media a lot and that is is that it's very difficult to wear a reduced prescription without doing the vision therapy first you have to make the changes so your visual system can adapt to the new prescription. If you try to wear a reduced prescription without doing the work, it's cheating. It's trying to do a shortcut and it doesn't work. And I know this in my own case. Many of you, I don't know whether you know this, but when I was a child, I was diagnosed with a learning disability and my mom, bless her heart, she took me to all kinds of professionals and we ended up at an ophthalmologist's office. And the ophthalmologist said, well, kid, you got myopia, let's put you in some lenses. 
And so I got these lenses and I remember years later, it's like, wow, I got this strong lens. I see things clearly, but I'm feeling weird about this. So what ended up happening is I became a memorizer. That's how I got through school. And I got A's, I did well in school. You know, I was in a, a family that really emphasized education. And so I had to get good grades. I worked really hard. So, but, but every couple of years, my myopia got worse and worse. And so when I started optometry school, my prescription was a minus 275 in each eye with three quarters of a diopter of astigmatism at 90 degrees. And I was in contacts, I was in glasses, and I was even going up a little higher because in optometry school, of course, you're doing a lot of studying and reading and so on. Well, when I got out of optometry school and I, I worked at the Gazelle Institute, and then I um, opened up a practice with another doctor in Philadelphia, um, I met a developmental optometrist in Connecticut. His name was Dr. Al Shankman. I have two, um, two Al's in my life. Albert A. Shankman was an optometrist who wrote a book called Vision Enhancement Training at the Optometric Extension Program and also Psychobehavioral Vision Enhancement. And he did a course for a year where you would go up to his place, his, his house in Stratford, Connecticut, and I became a patient of his in vision therapy. And so as I did my vision therapy every day and within six months, my prescription went from minus 275 to about minus one. I couldn't believe it. In fact, I remember he gave me a reduced prescription. I was working in my office and after about a week, my, my staff said to me, you know, are you, are you on medication? What? You seem more relaxed. You're, what's going on with you? And, and it was the prescription. I had reduced my prescription. So the lenses that I was looking through were not as intense. So I wasn't as intense. I was less reactive. I was more in flow. So I kept working with him and I eventually completely dissolved my myopia. I think today I'm probably, the last time I measured myself, I was probably about a minus 50, but I still see 20-20. And what's great about being a little nearsighted as you get gray hair is that you can still read without needing reading glasses. So it's kind of perfect for me. You know, if you're gonna be nearsighted, be a little bit in nearsight. And so if you get cataract surgery or LASIK surgery, tell the doctor, keep me a little nearsighted so that I can still read when I get old. And so um, the, whole, the whole thing of it is that I think that, um, hold on a minute, let me just, lost my, the, the whole thing of it is that you know, when you get a prescription like I did and you wear it, it reinforces the imbalance that you have. And so the, the goal for me was, as I did my vision therapy, things were blurry for a while and I was okay with that. So those of you that I'm working with that maybe aren't seeing quite as clearly as you want to be, do the vision therapy and then your visual system and you will finally adjust and adapt to the reduction. And that's kind of how it is. You've got to be patient. And here's the deal. If you need to see clearly, then put on the strong lenses. I am not into blur when you're driving on the freeway. No way, that's not 
part of the deal. What I want is in a non-demanding and a non-threatening situation, I would say wear something less. And those of you that have worked with me, we do opposite lens prescriptions. We're gonna do that today. So that by giving somebody an opposite lens, there's a term in physical therapy called hormesis. And what it is is that you challenge the body in a way that makes the body stronger. And so in vision, if you're nearsighted and we give you a farsighted prescription, like we've done here with, with my patient, which we'll get to in a, in a little bit, when you take it off, your visual acuity is gonna be better. It's like you have stepped into a, a broader sense of mental, psychological, visual possibilities. Or if you're farsighted, so we've got two people on the call that are farsighted on the Zoom, that those people wearing minus lens the blur and pinhole glasses, that's very positive to get an experience. First of all, with the minus lens, that's gonna give you a blur in the other direction. And then the pinhole glasses are great for reading so you're not falling into the trap of what a farsighted lens is gonna to do to you because a farsighted lens really uh, creates less responsiveness in your eye muscle flexibility. And so the more magnification you wear, the weaker your eyes are gonna become. So those are some ways that you can interrupt what these lenses are doing to you. So I would say be patient. I like to balance the prescription so that both eyes are beginning to work together. We can also reduce the astigmatism some. Uh, but it's a process and you wear the vision improvement prescription in the, you wear the vision improvement prescription in the time that, um, you know, that's safe for you when there isn't a demand. Thank you for listening. I hope you learned something from the Eye Clarity podcast show today. If you enjoyed the episode, make sure to subscribe on iTunes or Spotify and leave a review. See you here next time.